Keep God's word on your lips Meditate on it day and night Be careful to do what it says Then you will truly be successful Keep God's word on your lips Meditate on it day and night Be careful to do what it says Then you will truly be successful It's day 57 of our 90 day challenge The topic for today is too busy not to pray We are in the book of Mark. Mark the first chapter in the first verse to the 37th verse reads this way. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. 
The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, "Who? What, what is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And that ends our reading for today. Our topic is too busy not to pray. In January of 2009, I met Kyle Pencil. I didn't meet him face to face. I met him by way of his prayer CD. I know it sounds crazy, but I'll explain. My friend came up to me and said, Sean, you have to meet my buddy. He reminds me of you in so many ways. The same way you are crazy about worship, he's just as crazy about prayer. I took the CD and went about my day. About two weeks later, I stumbled upon the CD and said, okay, let's see what this prayer guy is all about. And this is what I heard. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I humbly come to you. Your word says to enter into your courts with thanksgiving and enter into your gates with praise. Be thankful and bless your holy name. Father, before I ask for anything, I take time to boast about you. I take time to reverence your majesty, your awesomeness, and your power. I take time to reverence your holiness, your beauty, and your splendor. I take this time to tell you that I love you. I appreciate you. Father, you are the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the keeper of creation, the creator of all father you are the architect of the universe the manager of all times you are unmoved unchanged and never undone you were bruised and you brought healing you were pierced and you eased the pain you were persecuted and you brought freedom Jesus you were dead and you brought life Jesus you have risen and you brought power father you reign and you bring peace father you are holy righteous mighty you're powerful and pure your word is eternal your will is unchanging father Father, you are my redeemer, my savior, my guide, and you are my peace. You are my joy and my love. Father, it is in you that I find comfort. Lord, incline your ear to hear my prayer. Father, I repent for my sins and the sins of my forefathers. Let grace and mercy prevail over us. Father, I release myself from the sins of my forefathers, the sins of rebellion, resentment, idolatry, witchcraft, occultism, traditionalism, lack, pride, and punishment. In the name of Jesus, I break all curses as a result of these sins, and I sever the bands of wickedness from around my soul. The blood of Jesus, the blood prevails. The blood 
blood in my mind, the blood in my subconscious mind, the blood in my thoughts and my thought pattern, the blood in my muscles, bones, and every cavity of my body. I immerse myself in the blood of Jesus Christ. I saturate my spirit, intuition, and worship. I saturate my soul, conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind, will, and emotions, and intellect. I saturate my five senses in the blood of Jesus Christ. My sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. I saturate my physical body in the blood of Jesus Christ. My brain, physical appetites, and sexual character. I have boldness to enter into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. I close up every breach in my life that will give Satan and demons access in the name of Jesus. Father, I decree and declare that every hedge that is broken in my life is now restored in the name of Jesus. I repent and receive forgiveness of any sin that has opened the door for any spirit to enter and operate in my life, my family, and church in the name of Jesus. I stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I am the rebuilder of the wall and the repairer of the breach. Lord God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, whose I am and whom I serve, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. According to and 60 minutes later, after landing back on planet Earth, I realized my prayer life would never be the same. I had never heard anyone pray like Kyle before. It was 60 minutes of volcanic fireworks prayer. It was explosive. It was biblical. It was intense. Kyle recorded this in the studio, but it was clear he wasn't reading from pages in a book. He was praying from his heart. He knew scripture like the back of his hand. His prayer intensified by the minute, and I quickly found myself in the third heavens. For months, I listened to that prayer CD and shared it with friends. Nine months later, I met Kyle face to face. He walked in and began to pray. 20 minutes later, after we all regained consciousness, I asked him to instruct us on prayer. The first lesson he taught was about Matthew 6. He pointed out something in Matthew 6 that I had never noticed. Matthew 6 and 5 begins, and when you pray, do this. Then in verse 6, Jesus says, but when you pray do that. Kyle pointed out in a simple but powerful observation these words. He said, notice that Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. Why? Because prayer is a command, not an option. That day, the scales were removed from my eyes and I became obsessed with every scripture on prayer. What I realized was that when Jesus taught on prayer, he wasn't teaching prayer as a new spiritual practice. Prayer was a prerequisite. His listeners were already praying, but Jesus came to teach them how to do it right. Why? Because prayer is a command, not an option. And whenever we treat a command like an option, we forfeit the blessing. Wow. Let that sink in for a minute. Whenever you treat a command like an option, you forfeit the blessing. Think about your priorities. Where is prayer on that list? Do you make prayer a priority when you rise in the morning or when you go to bed at night? Now, let me ask you about your cell phone. How many days do you leave the house without your phone? For most of us, leaving the house without our phone is just not an option. But sadly, prayer is something we forget to do. Listen, my goal here is not to disparage you or embarrass you, but to challenge you. The question should not be, did I pray? The new question should be, when I prayed, did I do it the way Jesus said to do it? 
in Mark 1, we see how much Jesus prioritized prayer. Jesus didn't just open up his eyes and rattle off a few words, then go back to bed. No, the Bible says Jesus got up very early in the morning before the breaking of day. He left the house and went off to a solitary place. In other words, prayer requires effort. Sometimes you need to do what you've never done to get what you've never had. Some people will argue that the takeaway here is not literal. Some people will say that waking up in the morning is irrelevant. As long as you schedule some time to pray, and I agree, I don't believe God is telling all of us, even those of us who are not morning people, to mimic the time Jesus prayed. But I do believe God is teaching us to find a time where you and God can talk to one another consistently without distractions. In other words, look at your schedule and carve out time before the kids wake up or after the family goes to bed where you and God can have one-on-one -on -one time. The fact that Jesus left his house and found a solitary place was a reminder that obedience is not always convenient. Jesus worked hard to be invisible. He worked hard to be unseen. And even though he tried to hide, his disciples found him and exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Now, listen, if Jesus was fully human and fully divine and needed to get away to pray, what makes you think you can make it in this world without prayer? You are not fully divine. You are not Jesus. How much more do we need to carve out this time, the time you are taking right now to be with God? Jesus finds a secret place. Don't tell everybody you're praying. Keep some things a secret. The key to a secret place is the fact that it is a secret. And here we have Jesus enjoying God without the cameras, without the microphones, without the public announcements. You see, Pharisees do their thing in public and Jesus says they will have their reward. They want to be seen so they get to be seen. That's their reward. But our reward is in heaven. And if your reward is rightly oriented, then your prayers will be privately practiced. God is to be enjoyed, not exploited. Prayer is about communion, not amusement. When we realize that prayer is a command, then we'll never again treat it like an option. Not only do we see Mark emphasizing prayer as a solitary secret place, but again, Matthew comes back with the one-two punch. Matthew 7, 21 and 22 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Every time I hear this verse, I think about my grandmother. <laughs> She has said to us time and time again, if the father says to her, depart from me, she isn't going to leave heaven without making a scene. She said, listen, I fasted too much. I prayed too much. I tried my best to love the Lord with all my heart. And you think I'm just going to say, okay, bye bye, Jesus. Oh no, absolutely not. If God says depart, they better call all the angels to drag me out. Get Gabriel, get Michael and any other archangel because I ain't leaving God's presence without a fight. I'm staying. <laughs> I'm staying. Come on, Roberta. And you're going to love me. What do I have to lose anyway? I've already been dismissed. So if I fight, what's the worst that can happen? Every time she says it, I laugh. But let me tell you something. 
My grandmother is as serious as a military soldier. She has served the Lord for most of her life and her commitment to faith exceeds any other relationship tie she has. If that moment isn't worth fighting for, then what is? But as I reread this scripture in harmony with what we read in Mark, I see something different. I zoom in on the categories of people from whom the Lord might say depart. Matthew tells us it's possible to prophesy and hear depart. It is also possible to exorcise demons and still hear depart. What's more, it is possible to do wonderful works and perform miracles in his name and hear depart. But what Jesus does not say is that those who pray will hear depart. What Jesus does not say is that those who worship will hear depart. And through process of elimination, there are two groups of people who are sanctioned from eternal suspension, if you will. And these are those who worship and those who pray. It's not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, which drives home this conclusion. I pray you will never forget. Prayer is security. Worship is protection. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, and when we commune with God through prayer, we learn his voice and God learns ours. In prayer, we hear from God and God hears from us. In worship, we remind God of who he is and we are cleansed by the beautiful presence that is all-knowing and all-seeing. In prayer, you can be you. In worship, you can forget about you. Prayer points to the unquestionable fact that God listens. Hence, we pray because God listens, not just because God answers. And worship points to the unquestionable fact that God is. And those who come to God must believe that he is. Not always that he will. Our relationship with God intensifies when we begin to love on him for just being God. Not for being a genie in a bottle. Not for being a terroristic totalitarian who condemns us to hell. But for being a beautiful savior. The king of kings and the lord of lords. So remember, prayer is not an option. It's a command. And when you pray... Go find a solitary place where you and God can have undivided care and communion. Finally, remember that it is possible for you to pray in his name and be unknown by the Father. God knows your name. God knows your needs. God is even able to answer prayers you forgot you prayed. So when we pray to the Father, there's no other audience to impress. God is the only one that matters, and this is why prayer is even more important than we realize. Finally, if you happen to find yourself around preachers or prophets who preach and prophesy but don't pray, run the other way. If you find yourself around people who work for God without much prayer to God, run far away. If you're discerning your friends from your foes, ask this question, is he or she a person of prayer? How often do you hear prayer fall from their lips? How often do they stop in the middle of a meeting and say, let's pray about this? How often do you stop the meeting and say, let's pray about this? I'm telling you what I know to be true. The one who prays is the one who stays. God cannot deny you when you are constantly seeking his face. So before you do anything, pray. Pray more than you preach. Pray more than you plan. Because if you ask me, I'm too busy not to pray. So your worship work is to set an intention to make sure that you pray first before you go out of your house this week. Three days, five days, seven days. Go for a walk around the neighborhood, pray in your car. Change it up and be intentional about your location. 
Also, there's a very, very phenomenal book by Bill Hybels titled Too Busy Not to Pray. Read a page a day, a chapter a day, or whatever reading plan fits your schedule. I promise it'll bless you. Let's pray. It is now dissolved and rooted out of my body in the name of Jesus. Father, I cancel the plans of the enemy. I take authority over every sickness and infirmity. I cancel the assignment of the enemy. I release the healing blood of Jesus in the bodies of your people, the blood that can reverse and cure. Father, I release the blood of Jesus in the nervous system, the blood against cataract, glaucoma, blindness, deafness, inner ear trouble, hard of hearing, Parkinson's, head in Injury, uh, a duplexia, eating disorder, suicide attempts, schizophrenia, phobias, insomnia, nervous breakdown, nosebleeds, pain all over the body, pain in the leg and foot, Alzheimer's, cerebral palsy, stuttering, nausea, memory loss, postpartum depressions, strokes, seizures, and dizziness. Every spirit of infirmity that would attack the muscular and skeletal system, the blood of Jesus against you, arthritis, muscle spasms, osteoporosis, slipped discs, knee problems, tendinitis, scoliosis and cramps, the blood of Jesus against you. I call the cardiovascular, excretory and lymphatic systems into divine order. I come against heart attacks, heart failure, heart disease, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, swelling in the body, heart murmur, kidney stones, dehydration, anemia, low blood pressure, swelling in the feet, hypertension, fainting and poisoning, the blood of Jesus in the respiratory system. I cancel asthma, hay fever, flu, strep throat, laryngitis, bronchitis, cold, sore throat and sinus infection. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Father, send your healing power. Heal from deep hurt, wounded spirit, broken heart, repressed emotions, hopelessness, abandonment, hallelujah, revenge, bitterness, phobias, unforgiveness, emotional instability, loneliness, suppression, worry and shame. I decree and declare healing and I am spirit filled. Sickness, disease, infirmity and inflictions are far from me. I speak that God's anointing destroys every yoke in my life and that my soul, spirit and body now function according to divine systems of protocol. In the name of Jesus, I speak to my body. I speak the word of faith to it. I demand that every internal organ perform a perfect way for you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ and by the authority of his holy word to be made whole in the name of Jesus. I resist the enemy in every form that comes against me. I decree and declare that my body is strong and I enforce this with your word and by the antiviral and anti-venomous blood of Jesus Christ, I reject, cast out, cast aside, dismiss and disannul the curse and I enforce life in this body in the name of Jesus Christ according to Psalm 118 verse 17 I will not die but I will live to declare the works of the Lord Psalm 103 verse 2 through 5 declares bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgiveth all those iniquities who healeth all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with love and kindness and tender mercies who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, I decree and declare that it is by you that I am blessed. Therefore, I fulfill the number of my days in health and wholeness. 
as I progress and as I advance, I decree and declare that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, divine counsel, supernatural might, divine knowledge and understanding, and fear and reverence for God. I decree and declare that I am divinely increasing in strength, in skill, in knowledge and understanding. In the name of Jesus, I arrest all distractive, disturbing and destructive measures. For this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he would destroy the works of the enemy. I rebuke and cast out all spirits of affliction, sorrow, and anything attempting to bring me down or bring me low in Jesus' name. I disannul and I cast out any spirit that would hinder or attempt to oppress me in the name of Jesus. I strip all power from any and every spirit that would oppress me by the blood of Jesus. I destroy and I cast out every spirit of poverty, madness, confusion, I decree and declare that I am delivered from the oppressors that seek after my soul. Father, break the back of the spirit of oppression in the name of Jesus. Bind and silence the voice of He knows my name.
abilities of God. You know I walk in the name. spirit of Elijah and Jehu. <laughs> Hallelujah. I speak Say. to my DNA. You know my all influence passed down from one generation to another, be it biologically. You know Because your word says it, Lord, at the end, we are victorious. So we now walk in our victory. In the name of Jesus, put that enemy to open face shame. We thank you because with you, we can't lose. And God, we thank you. We love you. All is well. And it is so. People of God, wherever you are, I need you to decree that all is well. And it is so. Now lift your hands and shout glory. Glory. 